Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the games beyond Baldur's Gate. This is episode 50, and we're playing Planescape Torment. I'm Cameron, and I play the Nameless One. And I'm Danny, and I play the Nameless One. The Big Five O. This is it. This is the one. This is the Big Five O. It's halfway to, like, it's an important number in our culture. What other things are highly valued when they get to 50? Vintage cars. Okay. Vintage cars. Um, is is 50 the vintage year, I think? No. I th well, what is vintage? I know classic cars, I think, are 25 years. Well, I think that uh, I remember when it comes to antiquing, like if it is 100 years old, it is an antique. Mm -hmm. And if it is 50 years old, it is vintage. Okay. I, but that might be in furniture. That might not necessarily be in, like... There, there might be different rules for, like, cars and clothing and, and the, some such, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, other things that are really, really, like, you would celebrate it when it when it turned 50, 50 whatevers. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of podcasts, they throw a big party. Well, we're not going to throw a party. Well, I'm just saying... Like who? Who threw a party? Name names. Um, I don't know. You remember that that one podcast? It's the two. Uh, there's the two guys that just talk about stuff that happened. Yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. The one. And they they're like one's really angry and the other's kind of like an egghead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. The and, only one. And they, uh, it's like about current events and they talk about whatever Joel Stein. Uh, did to make them mad not that we would ever say anything bad we would never say anything bad about jill stein um and never and have never told you who if someone has ever said that they're wrong <laughs> we love you you know the dissolution of the supreme court we thought that was a great idea yeah i was 100 percent behind that when it was announced and i was i you know what I'm, I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I wasn't behind it when it was announced, but I loved it when it happened. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like the proof was in the pudding. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the, the, thing about, uh, the thing about getting rid of an institution that has lifetime appointments, apparently if you just actually dissolve the constituent bodies, the institution's dissolved. Bing, bang, boom. Bang, damn. If, uh, if this were a 50th wedding anniversary... Okay. Mm. Gold. That is the gold. Man, we, we really messed up. We should have been counting. This is copper. This is velvet. This is mm -hmm. paper. The, I don't. Mm -hmm. I think I'm out of order here. I think it might, might be. This is rock. This is we're gonna obsidian. Get a, we're going to get a P.O. box soon. And uh, when we do that, think about sending us some gold. Think about sending us some gold. I will let you know the next um, valuable mineral uh, episode that comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, when the, when the platinum one rolls around. Normally, I would do this promo at the end. It's been probably 15 episodes since I did this at the top. But, uh, you know, as per last time, you can find us on iTunes. If you're listening to this uh, show or watching the show on YouTube, you can get a audio-only version on iTunes and on the Google Play Store and on Stitcher at some point soon and all those other constituent things. Uh, just Just making sure that people know all about that twitter.com slash range touch where you can uh, also see our other new show 
show I do with Michael Lutz called uh, Game Study Study Buddies. People are people are enjoying that show. So it's just a little promo here at the top before we really get into Planescape Tournament. Yeah, because we're going to be talking a lot. Um, but do check out all of that stuff. I know a lot of people, I've seen some comments, and, and they're they're real happy about the show, and they talk about how they listen to it at work, and we're really happy to be able to get that stuff to you on a platform that is better suited to getting you to work safely. Mm-hmm. And not blocked at work. And not blocked? Ooh, there you go. You know? Hard to, hard to watch YouTube, really get the full YouTube experience, like, while you're peering at it under your desk, but... You got headphones in, you're listening to the show on Google Play, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, people wear headphones all the time at work. Yeah, just especially with the uh, with the increasing trend of, like, basically just not even having cubicles, just, like, having a floor with, with like, a computer screen embedded in it, and you're just, you're sharing the floor with 50 of your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And you've got a you got to kind of crawl around like a snail or perhaps a large. Uh, like it's a large full, worm. yeah. It's full on like John Malkovich office. <laughs> like <laughs> like the, the the ceilings are two feet above the. Yeah, it's it's efficiency though. Um, <laughs> Danny, what has happened in Planescape Torment? So Up far? until now. Up until this very moment. Ooh, okay. <sighs> We keep coming back from the dead, and we want to know why. We want to know why we can't die. We picked up a bunch of friends along the way. We followed a bunch of clues, and the last little batch of clues we followed said, Hey, find this Ravel, find this Ravel who's been imprisoned, who's been mazed by the Lady of Pain, the kind of uh, matriarch-slash-leader of Sigil, which is an interdimensional city. And we finally found Ravel, and we 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 asked, "Hey, what's the deal? What happened to my mortality?" And Ravel admitted, "Oh, I was the one responsible because uh, you asked, and I was in love with you." And so uh, we fought it out with her, and we found out that we got to talk to a Deva, um, which is kind of like an angel, like a lawful good creature. And then we got spat out. Yeah, and then that that's where that's where it ends. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but just as a reminder, uh, so around the time when Planescape Torment is out, or, or when Planescape the setting comes out, and we've kind of talked about D&D cosmology and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but the late 80s, early 90s, this is right on the heels of like anti-D&D, satan- satanic panic kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and so D&D made a move during this time period to distance themselves from like the language of angels and devils and gods and all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like why we get all these terms like Abishai and Deva and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Fiends a way of, instead fiend, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, Deva's just an angel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I think in later, de- in later editions, they're theoretically angels and devas, and, and they're, like, different. Yeah. Like, devas yes. are devas are lawful good. Angels might just be good with, that, with, like, you know, neutral good or something like that. Well, you know what? I can I can look real quick. Mm, you know, yeah. talk a little bit more about that, because I have here on my desk Morden Canyon's Tomb of Foes. Yeah, let's look it up, because let me, let me tell you kind of a pre-fifth edition fact— about Dungeons and Dragons on the other side of evil, right? Is you had demons and devils. And demons were chaotic evil and devils are lawful evil. 
And in the same way that there are demons and devils, there are also uh, kind of two different types of celestial beings. And I think that devas were one side, and I'm pretty sure devas were like lawful good, but I'm not 100% like the, like that there was like a different type because in this universe like there are, there are obviously modrons modrons are just mm-hmm. lawful but not good well it's like a different different dealio it is a very that's different not like dealio a, you know not a facsimile i mean planetars are one of them they are not in morgan canyon's tomb of foes by mm. the way only only the demons and devil stuff is in there interesting we need uh, morgan canyon's tomb of the good guys of buddies book of buddies Oh, so yeah, Planetar, it's looking like uh, Planetar, according to the um, Forgotten Realms wiki, are celestials that are lawful good. Mm-hmm. But now I wonder if you if you look up uh, Deva, Forgotten Realm, mm-hmm. and Devas are also lawful good. Okay, just two, two similar people. Yeah, and if you look well, at... Me. If you look at... Uh, if you look at the celestial thing, there are angels, archons, guardinals, okay, and eladrin. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, and eladrin are chaotic good. Well, we killed Ravel. <laughs> okay, true enough. Join us next time for celestial chat. Yep, every other second Tuesday for celestial chat. No, just every fiftieth episode. I'll get that in the calendar. <laughs> there we go. How how did you kill Ravel? Uh, I just did the same thing you did <laughs> the last time. I like reloaded a save, like I said I was going to do, mm-hmm. and then I just threw the nameless one at her. I also kind of went around and picked up all those like elementals and whatnot mm-hmm. that were kind of all around her, and I killed them off one by one, and then focused on her. But mm-hmm. really, just kept throwing the nameless one at her until she ran out of spells. Yeah, that's this and game highly her. incentivizes if anybody's taking damage, it should be the nameless one. Yeah. I I have read somewhere or, or been told, I can't quite remember uh, what the context for this was, but I have been persuaded at some point that the intended playthrough of this game uh, is as a, uh, like a spellcaster, like a wizard, but the game does not tell you that. Hmm. Yeah, but which might, so like... The big powerful stuff that happens in this game from from enemies, uh, you know, as much as in any of these other isometric games, but uh, the big powerful stuff is spellcasting, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently that also scales for you as well. Hmm. So, like, if you want to hit things real hard, you cast spells at them. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's intended or if it's just that, like, the spellcasting worked out better. But Well, I, I, I think the by intended, it's like... <laughs> If you would like to play this game in the most frictionless way possible, mm. this is the uh, simpler path. That's a very nice way of saying if you would like to play this game without pulling out your own fingernails. Yeah, which is, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. But so, yeah, there, there are points in this game that do feel that way. So after you kill Ravel, you're still in the maze. What do you do? I leave. How do you leave? There's a portal. It tells me there's portals, and I go to the portal and I leave. Ah, but only here's you got lucky because there's only one portal that like takes you to the right, takes you out. That's true. I did. I did run around quite a bit, mm-hmm. just looking for the portal, and the portal is in the south. Uh, in the north. Now nah, the north. Uh, 
Well, it's interesting. There's one portal. You know if you just hang yeah. out near where Ravel is, mm-hmm. you can get sucked to Ravel's garden. Oh. Did you ever do that? I did not do that. Yeah, I was just hanging. I did see it on the map, but yeah, you, like a, it's at the very bottom, right? It is, but it's a self-contained area. You can only get mm-hmm. there by teleporting there from Ravel's, the area you fight Ravel. And there are three little mounds on the ground, and you can inspect them, but you don't have any. I didn't have the thing that could, like, trigger whatever there. Uh. But it was the north. For me to get out, it was uh, northeast. And yeah, you, you, en- you enter you enter from the south, but the northeast is the exit. Well, no, you like you le- you enter from the south uh, southwest. Yeah, but I left by just going straight south. Well, well you see the tape here of Kunzelman doing that. If that's a yeah. real thing, I think it is a real thing. Let me check. I, I <laughs> keep talking, but yeah. I, I'm going to check. <laughs> this, confirm. Is, this is the ultimate. Like. Uh, Go to footage. Go to tape. Go into the footage. No, I'm pretty sure that it is in fact northeast because I like went through two portals and I didn't get out, and then I went to sorcerers.net, sorcerers.net, the one and only Mm -hmm. source for all of your Baldur's Gate Forgotten Realms Planescape needs. Yeah, sorcerers.net. Where's our sponsorship money, (laughs) my friends? But yeah. So, you, so you, you couldn't figure out how to get out, and you did that. I did that, yeah. And when I left, I was met with arguably. So I don't know if it's right to call this cinematic. Is So here's a question. When you, you left Candlekeep, right? Oh, oh, okay. With, yep. with Garion. Let me think back two years ago. <laughs> yeah. When you left okay. Candlekeep with Garion, mm-hmm. and you're walking with Garion, and like you stop having control of your character for a short while, and Garion yeah. is uh, is kind of confronted by who we end up finding out is Saravok. Yeah. Is that a cinematic? That is a, uh, a cutscene, I would say. A cutscene. A cutscene in I mean, in-game, an in-game graphic cutscene. What, what, how I would actually describe that, like were I writing an article about this, I would say it is a scripted event. A scripted event. Yeah. Ah, but sometimes ah, okay, a scripted event where the player has no control. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would talk about it. Where I like trying to explain in text to mm-hmm. someone. But so yeah. we are we are faced with arguably the sweetest scripted event where the player has no control I have ever seen in a video game. Okay, okay, okay. Walk me walk me through it opens black fade into black fade fade mm-hmm. from black to black because okay. the only thing that fades in is just ravels corpse on the mm-hmm. ground black background then this green big bad beetleborg looking thing appears and basically says hey hey get up i know i know you're not dead you don't have you. You can't die, and then and then Ravel just says, "I'm I'm dead. Stop bothering me. Stop, I'm I'm I swear I'm dead." He's like, "No, you're not dead. Come, you need to get up, Ravel. I'm I'm dead. Stop talking to me." And the 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 Beetleborg says, "Look, I'm gonna kill you if you don't stop playing dead." And then Ravel stands up, and then Ravel says, "Well, look, I've I've had a there's been a contingency here." I've, I've like planned it and the Beetleborg kind of ignores her Beetleborg says well look 
um, you know, I've got plans for this. And, and Ravel says, well, look, the plan didn't work out, right? I thought that I thought that this would be the end of it. And ultimately, Ravel and the Beetleborg fight. And when they fight, very similar to like Garion and Saravok's <laughs> party fighting, like it's actual like spells being cast and it playing out. But what utterly was like so disorienting about this is that the screen the background is completely black and i see text hovering over ravel and this and the other entity like showing the amount of damage they're taking showing like their target and it lasts two minutes and 42 seconds just no one could no one could get a hit on each other (laughs) just like it's like of like them taking damage and i think that like Ravel's just said, oh, but I've, I've been prepared for this, and, like, a contingency goes off, and all these spells get cast. And in the end, Ravel just dies. Yeah. So, yeah, the Transcendent One... Which the oh, only I'm way sorry, I know the say. name Transcendent One is because in in the text that hovers and floats above Ravel's head and scrolls to the top of the screen, occasionally it will, like, mention her target of a spell, and it's the Transcendent One. Yes. Um, yeah, that's also how I figured out that it was it was called the transcendent one. I think too, if you scroll up in your like uh, ah, dialogue, yeah. mm-hmm. in your dialogue log after it, you get you know the the like slug that mm-hmm. it's transcendent one. But uh, but yeah, the whole scene is really weird, right? Because it's like the funny part plays out, right? And it's very like Eastern European folktale kind of stuff mm. um, of like she's pretending to be dead. Or, or no, I mean she is dead, but she is not fully dead because you, you know, she is so all powerful and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he wakes her up just to murder her, like to double murder her. I mean, it's a little ambiguous to me. There was definitely a part of that dialogue where I thought, oh, he wanted something out of her, like he wanted her to do more things, and she was not game. Mm-hmm. But so the transcendent one, I guess we're seeing this thing again. What, what do you think the transcendent one is? Oh, there's no telling. I don't... I, let me let me make a list of things I don't think the transcendent one is. Okay. The Lady of Pain. Okay. I don't think the transcendent one is the Lady of Pain. I don't think the transcendent one is Dianara. Uh-huh. I don't think that the transcendent one is a member of the Dustmen. Okay. I think I'm pretty satisfied with those. That's it. That I think cuts. the transcendent one is Mort. It's Ooh. Mort's body with a different head on it. That's just that's just me throwing something out there. Okay. Well, um, but that's not the end of the like uh, cinematic know, kind of bumper in between <laughs> cinematic. There is a real cinematic. Actions. Yeah. What, what's that all about? It's just a it's a it's a gosh darn desert. We're here in the Outlands, y'all. Yeah, specifically we're in a place called Cursed. Do, did you get a sense of where this is? Like, is it, called, it It says it's the Outlands, and I guess that's correct, but but it's in, it is related to, or it is similar to the Grey Wastes, right? Where, so uh, when I spent, yeah, when I spent 40 minutes of my life clicking through learning about the planes... <laughs> Like mm-hmm. two episodes ago, mm-hmm. so basically the sigil is in the outlands. Yeah, because the outlands are the neutral area that is like that is within the ring of the different planes of the different kind of uh, 
how to say it, like uh, alignment planes, right? Mm-hmm. So it is this neutral area, and like if you were to walk north far enough, oh, it starts getting chaotic, and if you were to walk south, it'd start getting a little bit more lawful, etc. But the, the Outlands is where all of those things overlap, and thus it's neutral, and Sigil is kind of like in the center of the Outlands. So... It's it's basically like really rough, rough and tumble sigil that isn't under the protection of uh, of the Lady of Pain. Hmm. And so maybe the Gray Waste is like a region within. I think place. that that's my that's my interpretation is that the Gray gotcha. Waste because as like I don't know how the borders of the Outlands themselves work, but there comes a point where okay, you haven't exactly made it to the Abyss, or you haven't made it to the Valhalla plane, but you're close enough that it like you occupy a region of the outlands that takes on that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. the gray waste is a part of the outlands. Yeah. Well, that's the reason why I bring it up because, uh, very shortly after we come in here, we meet, uh, we go to a tavern as, as one does in this, uh, kind of scenario. And we meet, uh, the tavern owner named tainted bars, which is like a very, it's it's a very uh, obsidian, uh, you know, former interplay now obsidian, kind of name. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, he in his dialogue he mentions like, you know, he's a small business owner. He owns this tavern here in the Outlands, but he's afraid that someone from the first circle of hell is going to come and like edge in on his business and take it from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very funny to me, right? Because we, we, we've talked a couple episodes ago about the blood war and how it's, you know, this kind of fight between the abyss, the kind of maw of the abyss, and then the first circle of of uh, the nine hells, and how the fight kind of goes back and forth in between. But but it's an economic fight, too. Yeah. Um, where, where, you know, like, there might be an industrious devil that just comes and sets up shop in your town. So here's an interesting thing. Forgotten Realms Wiki... Uh, apparently says Hades, also known as the Great Waste, was an outer mm. plane in the Great Wheel cosmology model, home of daemons, and that was the neutral evil mm. section. So uh, maybe, so the Great Waste would basically be like, if you're on the, the Great Waste side of the Outlands, you're going to get more neutral evil demon stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would make sense yeah. for night hags and what, what all to be there. Definitely. Anyway... We're there. We're there, and we're in a city named Cursed. Cursed. And it looks like Ogrimmar. <laughs> Straight up just looks like it looks like a, like an orc town. Yeah, it, it looks like uh, leftover assets from Fallout 2 mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we know how to, we know how to make a, uh, a, a desert town. A, like Mad Max town. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so we know that the Jiva is here, the Deva, rather, yeah. I should say. Not not a uh, not a singer, mm-hmm. but well, I guess they could sing, but an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we kind of ask around, and I actually don't remember how. I mean, you can basically ask everyone here if they know where the Deva is. But at some point, I find out, oh, yeah, the Deva's here. Uh, and if I want to know more about that, I have to do a quest line. Yeah, what is your impression of... Because at some point they're like, oh, you need to make the key? There's key language. Yes. The first part of the key. The second part of the key. Do they just mean, like, clues? 
No, the key uh, the key is like the passphrase that they give you that I don't think you ever have to to say just because 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 when you go through there you know it says like oh you say the passphrase but when they're giving you individual pieces of the key it is like little couplets of some sort of rhyme um and importantly this this is not made super clear like it, it shows up in some of the dialogue in the quest line but cursed is the town of betrayal did you pick mm. that up yeah, I think I, I picked up th- that a little bit because uh, Fall from Grace told me that immediately mm-hmm. when I walked into town. She said, hey, watch everybody should watch their backs. This is a city of betrayal and of betrayers. Mm-hmm. And that is true. <laughs> oh, is it? Well, I think so. Uh, just based on the kinds of... So basically what you have to do is to, in order to get the to find the David, you've got to do this quest line. Very linear, very you know, I don't know, Baldur's Gate to Windspear Hills, kind of, or no, not even that. Um, That's the first time you've done that. I know. I've been practicing daily (laughs) for months now. Uh, But uh, trade meet, it's very much like trade meet feeling. Yes. Here's a place, you know, you go here, you do that, you do that, you do that, you do that. Very linear, Um, which is kind of in contrast to the rest of the game, right? Which has Mm -hmm. been not linear. Correct. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I what I, I I feel like I got lucky and that I, I walked into this zone and then just was like, OK, I need to go to the I need to like rest. And I tried mm-hmm. to rest. And the barkeep was like, oh, please, my daughter, something or other. And I'm like, could I oh, could I please rest? And, and the barkeep was like, I really insist you need to you need to find my daughter. Please talk to talk to Marquez. And I'm like. Okay, I agree to do it. Can I rest now? Yes. Okay, great. All right. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. That was my world. That, that was, that and was how it started. Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's very much by design because you just, you know, spent your longest time so far in the game without the ability to, like, buy new stuff or rest up or anything like that. And you just mm-hmm. did a big boss fight. Um, so I think they assume that you're going to be doing that kind of thing. But, yeah, so you talk to this person named Marquez and Marquez says, all right, look, here, here's the dealio. Karst uh, is two screens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On one screen, <laughs> there are there's a government building and some slavers. So I need you to go there. I need you to kill those slavers. They've got Tainted Barse, the owner of the tavern. They've got his daughter. I need you to get her. I need you to bring her back. Bim, bam, boom. Do it. I said yes. Did, did you so this quotation that I have in the show notes did you get to this no I didn't get to that at all okay so if you say to Marquez if you say well you know how do I know that they're who you say they are you know how do I know that they're bad and he says well listen are you for slavery or against it mm. and you could say you're for slavery or against slavery and he says I mean I said I'm against it it's bad Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, okay, we'll go kill him. <laughs> okay. And it was Balthazar. And it was Marquez Balthazar is, all it's along. It's just Balthazar. This is where he went mm-hmm. uh, after that game. So how'd you do this mission? I had a weird outcome for this mission. Yeah, I went to the other screen, and I I think I fought once, and somebody died, so I loaded. And mm-hmm. then I buffed everybody with Fall from Grace. And then I, I really took it to these fellas and, and kicked them all. And they all died. 
And I talked to the daughter, and the daughter was like, oh, thanks for saving me. And then it was over. I went back, and it was it was done. Yeah, so I, I go over across the screen. It takes me quite a minute to find these people because your directions are not good. Yeah, I didn't necessarily know it was on the other screen. Um, and so, so yeah, so I find them, and it's like, I don't know, six characters around this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go up to them, and that's just too many for my party, and my party is, like, definitely underleveled anyway. Um, and so we, like, fight, and I kill, like, maybe one of them. And uh, so I'm like, oh, I'll just kind of... Uh, pull them one by one hmm. fight them in the street so i so i kind of do that and i get it down to like maybe two or three remaining and and this sounds my, time consuming it it, it it was time consuming so, so <laughs> I, I i even have uh my party members are gonna die so i was like all right i'll run back and heal come <laughs> back kill these guys 10 year 10 year mortgage <laughs> yes well exactly right i i rest for two and a half weeks <laughs> uh but no so i go to the tavern and i heal up immediately i come back I kill the final two or three guys, and she is not there. Mm. I didn't see her die. Like, I never saw her die on screen. But she d- is not in the game anymore. I bet her spawn was, like, associated with one of the ones that are already were already killed. Like, the captain that talks mm-hmm. to you. Um, and when he was dead, but the others were still alive, something weird got happened, basically. Yeah, or I mean, maybe she could have gotten killed off screen. You know what I mean? Like in the, as I was chaining people back, um, but I couldn't figure it out. So I had to, after all of that, I had to go back and be like, "Well, your daughter died," and his reaction is zero. He does not care. Wait, like, you can even... say your daughter died? Yeah. Oh, I so the game to... thinks she's dead? Yeah. I went back to Barson. I was like, "Hey, sorry, your daughter died," and he, I don't even think I got a line of dialogue in response. He was in Just shock. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. It was very strange, uh, but it did count as a completion because I was against slavery and I killed the slavers. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, but then so so what happens is like you can. This is part of a breadcrumb for getting the full key to get to the deva in the prison that we find out is which none of this makes sense to me. No, no. like this is a hundred percent. Like this is the. This is some real this is some real cheap stuff because it's just like oh you need to see there's no like story reason why all of these disparate characters would know these magical words to get you to this de- like there's no interconnected narrative right no that it, that is presented to me no i have no idea maybe that is there i would i would love for someone to explain this to me i i think when you talk to donya quishin at the very end, I think there's this implication that this is like part of a big network of betrayers, and for whatever reason you were doing that, like a quest for them, it kind of like the thieves' guild or something like that. Mm. Um, but that was not made clear enough, and still, that doesn't. I mean, what you're what you're asking is like, is there a narrative justification for this whole project? Yeah, and there's not, like even a little bit, mm-hmm. other than you need to see the angel, and this is the way you do it. You need to see the angel. We need that to take an amount of time and for you to consume content before that happens. So we're going to have this quest chain. Yeah, I think this is the part where I think the first half of this game is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think the comparison with Baldur's Gate, just period. You know, know, it was the first or second episode of Planescape Torment where you were like, this is just better. Like, narratively. This is just better. Um, I think from... 
like the whole last episode basically in this episode bad mm. like i think i think that karst as a location is bad i think all the strengths of this game are not present in this chapter no so i don't know i i'm i've uh soured on this experience as of as of this moment yeah it, it's it's something really really strange happened but i the next little quest is you gotta you gotta for some re- oh so there's a woman who has uh who's she needs to collect these debts with these two brothers she has a debt uh they each owe her a considerable sum of money independently um but they're arguing with each other over uh these legacies that uh, they inherited from their father. When you go to talk to them and you can, you can like ask for the legacies and you read the legacies, it turns out their dad was like super bad handwriting and like, you can't like, it's ambiguous as to what he wanted. (laughs) Um, And you, you can give both of those legacies to the quest giver Kitla. And that somehow gives her, leverage over them so that she can collect the debt or you can solve the problem yourself which somehow makes her happy but i don't understand why that would be the case like is the implication that if they were if they settled their own stuff they would be more willing to pay her which that doesn't necessarily follow i have no idea like i did not read you did way more work in this quest already than i did i did not read their legacies (laughs) i went i went and told them i needed their legacies from them i took them i gave them to her I went went on and like she gave me some line at the end of it about how like they had both betrayed her at some point she, she's getting back on to them like this is a betrayer moment again mm. um but i didn't because you can every time you do one of these quests you can say like well why did you want to do that and they mm. will explain how this is related to betrayal basically yeah, I uh, I opened the legacies and then after I looked at both of them and I went to Kitla and said, "Hold on, let me see if I can work this out myself." Then I went back because it's a ta- it's like a uh, oh it's not a tanner and a blacksmith it's a distillery and a, and a blacksmith mm. and um, the uh, they're they're like upset because they both think that the money should be going to their respective business and the blacksmith's angry because the distillery's always been more profitable. And I just like went to them and be like, yeah, you should, you should like split the money down the middle. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll do that. And then I went mm. back to Kitla and she just gave me the next quest. Centrism. I've now the next one is where our paths diverged. I think this is pretty simple for me. So let me let me lay out the simplest version. You can explain where things went awry. I see there's a, a lot of notes mm-hmm. in the show notes. There's a parenthetical even. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy named Nabot, and he's like the guy who owns the town dump, basically. Mm-hmm. There is a rumor circulating around town that he has a bunch of gold or some treasure, something, buried in the dump. And there are some hooligans, like street gang, who are going to come kick his ass and torture him or whatever and get the get him to give up that gold. Hmm. Right? That's the basic conceit. You got more information than I got. Okay. Well, so that that is, as far as I know, uh, what happened. I went over to the second screen. The The dump is kind of in the southern part of uh, the first screen. Mm-hmm. I went and talked to Nabot there. 
gave him, you know, saw what was up. He told me where the street gang was. I went over to the street gang. I killed some of the street gang. I killed the leader in particular. I came all the way back to Nabot, and the rest of the street gang was there, and they were about to beat him up, and I killed them. And he said, thank you. And he gave me a little bit of money, and he sent me on along to the next person. Huh. So how pretty cut and dried. All oh, time. man. Hmm. I must um, have missed something here. And I go Kitlo, to Nabot. I go or, to Nabot. Or just one clarifier. Yeah, yeah. Right here. The, whoever gave me this quest, I guess it is Kitla, mm-hmm. uh, explained to me that uh, that Nabot, oh, no, that the street gang guy had betrayed her at some point. And so this was her way of getting back at him by proxy. That's yeah. the betrayal part. Anyway, I go sorry. to the dump caretaker. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, these people are trying to get something from me. And I say, who? And he gives me a name on, on over on screen, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say, why? And he says, oh, I don't know. I don't know why. And I just don't get any information. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to go talk to the other guy mm-hmm. to get the information. So I go talk to the other guy, and I don't get any information. Like, he won't tell me anything. He's like, oh, you better, you better go tell your buddy caretaker that I'm after him. Mmm, menace, menace. So I go back to the caretaker, and then two people are like... And and so here's the thing. I go back to the caretaker, and I, like, go to get a drink of water while I'm just standing around him unpaused. And when I come back, my party members are fighting two two scoundrels that have Mm -hmm. attacked him. Mm -hmm. And they so we we kill the scoundrels, maybe two or three. And then I talk to him, and he's like, oh, thank you. And then I look at my journal, and there are no updates on my journal yet. And I talk to him again. I'm like, why'd they attack you? And he was like, oh, I don't know. It was like the same information as before. And then I noticed, oh, there's like a stairs, some stairs down there. And I was in the dialogue. I could ask him, hey, what's the deal with those stairs? And he's like, yeah, it like goes to this place. Mm-hmm, to it's, the underground. It's, it's slippery. You got to watch out. Mm-hmm, I'm afraid if I go down there, I'll never come back. So I went down there. Uh-huh. And I don't do any of these other quests you're talking about. <laughs> I'm stuck down there. You, so you're down there with, um, like, bone devils <laughs> and whatnot, imps. It's And, and like, just a, a person, like a monster named Grist. Oh, the, the one that talks to you? Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm going to eat you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he's a real jackass. He does threaten to eat you a lot. <laughs> yeah. But he's perfectly fine with, like, talking to you as long as you want before. But, yeah, so I don't know how the rest of this game, how this game should have worked. That's really funny. I talked to him about that, too, but I didn't think you could just walk down there. (laughs) Yeah, you hover your mouse over there. It's a little stair icon. Huh. Well, Mm -hmm. I did the other quests. Okay. Well, how'd that that work out? Well, there's one. There's a guy named Dalkin. And uh, there are two rival politicians in the town who are just, like, shit-talking each other and, like, hurting each other and whatnot. And uh, you're you're supposed to basically talk to one. The whole, the whole idea is that mm-hmm. you can do a frame-up, okay? Oh. And so basically I just went to the captain of the guard and I was like, hey, this, this politician A is trying to kill politician B. Just FYI. Heads up, buddy. Heads up. And he was like, all right, I'm going to arrest them. Uh, And you find out at the end that, oh, in fact, 
the captain of the guard loves arresting these people <laughs> because it allows him to consolidate power for himself. Mm. Because once the two politicians, once one of the politicians is gone, it means that, well, the town guard can just step up and fill that, fill that void left by the politician. Mm-hmm. So military coup, as it were. Sure. Betray, betrayal, betrayal, betrayal. Uh, the one that is cool that that I enjoyed is the last one from Donya Donya Kishin, I think mm-hmm. uh, is how you say her name, and she's like, uh, "Did you did you explore all the way around that first screen?" I looked around. Yeah. Did you go into the um, what, what, like grain silo? I did not. Um, but I did die at some point, and you, I respawned mm-hmm. in that grain silo. Yes. Um. So she says, listen, uh, in the grain silo, in the top of it, I have a fiend that that I summoned, and he's trapped there, and I need you to uh, bring him back to me. Mm. And I'm like, well, hey, what, <laughs> why is your, okay, why do you have a fiend? And she's like, I just want, I wanted a fiend. And I was like, why is he trapped? And she's like, well, people trapped him there. And I say, well, why do you want him back? And she says, listen, I had to go through so much damn work. Ooh. I had to work so hard to get a fiend that I just think he needs to be free. <laughs> <laughs> I had to work every day after school for a whole fall to get a puppy dog. Overtime. Overtime. And I want that puppy dog to run free. I feel like this is where you have to interrogate. Well, why is your puppy dog in the pound? Yeah, like why? Really, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Why is your your puppy dog nine feet tall? <laughs> why does it, uh, you know, tear people limb from limb? So it's basic questions. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and there's a ladder. Oh, I'm yawning. I'm gonna leave this in. Oh, it's late. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go in. I walk up this ladder and. Sure enough, there's a big pentagram on the ground, and I, like, you know, do the little ritual or whatever that I'm supposed to do. The fiend appears. His name is Agril Shanak. Dang. He's just a damn fiend. And I, and he's like, what do you want? He just looks at, there's there's some very <laughs> funny dialogue where it's just like, the fiend <laughs> appears and he just looks at you. Mm-hmm. He just stares right at you. And he's like, well, what's going on? And I, and I was like, well, I was told to come free you. And bring you back to Dona Kishin. And he was like, well, you know, you can free me if you uh, if you just break the circle there. And I went, okay. I kicked it with my foot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, I'm free, thanks. Um, <laughs> listen, if I ever see you again, I will destroy you. <laughs> um, but you have earned yourself one boon, and that boon is this very moment, I won't kill you. And he teleports away. And uh, so I go back to Dona Kishin, and I was like, that's hey. The, uh, that's the classic genie. Ah, thanks for uh, freeing me. I give you one wish. If you don't spend it on on wishing me to not kill you right now, I don't, I don't know if it matters what else you wish for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get six wishes. Mm-hmm. But, but the first wish is very important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I go back to her, and I was like, hey, look, I got your fiend out. And she's like, well, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> and you get to be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he's a fiend. I'm not concerned about it. And then it's like some nefarious shit. She's like, finally, we will be able to get revenge on all of the people that wronged us. Dang. And she like kind of tints her fingers 
and that's the end of the quest. <laughs> Some real Angela Merkel stuff going on. Yes, yes. It's like you bring a dog to a meeting with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh get ready for some economic disparity between our countries but uh so you do all of these things and she gives me the last line of the key and i go to tainted bars and i say uh, hey i'm ready to go to the underground and he says oh okay here's the last thing you need to do there's a guy on the other side of this bar here who's from the town guard and he watches me constantly i just need you to kill him and i'm like all right i walk around i i like two shot this guy <laughs> dang walk back around and tainted bars is like all right here you go go to the underground and Man, underground. That's yeah. uh, cold stuff there. It is. It's some. It's some cold maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I go to the underground, which is like chock full of just awful stuff. Just garbage, truly. Yeah. Like it's the sh- just absolutely. Uh, like all of these things hit so hard too, and it's, they're, they're just inane, and it, and they're just like equidistantly spaced out, so so that like the next one you fight, you aggro like the next one, so it's it just feels like this kind of chain that happens. Yeah. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> yes, there is no encounter design. No. Like the the combat encounters for this game, they're they're not designed. Yeah, I don't even think I wouldn't even call. So it's not like curated, a la oh. Icewind Dale or Siege of Dragon Spear. It's also not particularly Gygaxian. No, they're yeah. just like they're, it's just like confetti strewn onto a floor. Yeah, and they all two shot you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you just fight these things, and like I got in a bad circle at one point where I was respawning, and they had followed me back to where I would. Damn, and I I was. Resing, and there were three of these little, like, you know, insect-looking things, insect devils, and they would kill me in one go. So I'd, like, go back and get an autosave uh, and load it. But, yeah, it is bad. Uh, I will say there is one cool thing here. Mm-hmm. The hermit. Did you talk to the hermit? Uh, Well, here's the thing. So I go, I go down there, and it's, like, a one-way. I can't go back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I quick-saved pretty quickly i talked to the, our buddy grist who who likes uh-huh. talking about eating you yep and uh and i like tried to fight him but he was very strong so i was yep. like i'm gonna run past all this like i like i'm gonna do what i have been doing in this game this game has like sent me a clear signal in the first half that combat is optional that you can run past it and i'm going to do that so I ran past like everything. I even saw a hermit once and initiated dialogue, but it. <laughs> but I was just like, I got to keep going. There's like three things chasing me. So what did the hermit say? Hermit is cool. Her- a, this is very important. Hermit allows you to rest for Ooh, free. Maybe which, I should have uh, talked to hermit. Yeah, which really does help out with the next section. Yeah. Uh, or at least help me out with the next section. Uh, number two, his story is really cool. So his, this is on the edge. This, this, um, Karst, the city is on the edge of Karkari, which is like the first plane or the the first circle of the Nine Hells, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so his god, it, it's like a prison, you know, it's like an extra dimensional hell prison. 
mm-hmm. and uh, his god is there, and his god's like a righteous and good, like a maybe not a lawful good, but maybe like a chaotic or neutral good god. And so he has traveled the plains to get here to the very edge of Karkari, but he can't get in, and his god can't get out. And so he's just kind of here, hinging around to see if there's going to be people or places or whatever uh, that can maybe help him get his god out. And he never Dang. tells you the god's name or anything. Constantly separate, like forever separated from his deity. Mm-hmm. But maybe. You never know. One you day. it could be the chance. And I think we're going to Karkari eventually, right? Like, I think that's kind of the pitch at the end of this, uh, not, not to have spoilers for the next 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for a god. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. But yeah, but, uh, the, the, the big payoff down here is you go into the next screen after the underground, and this is the jail. This is the jail, which I guess there's an entrance to this somewhere else. Like, is that, or do you have to go through the underground to get to the I, jail? I don't know. Maybe. Like, why... Why does this place exist? Like, why are these Harmonian guards here? Well, what are they here. doing? Hey, they're here because there is like a big old jail that we can go to. But B, there's like a cave in the ground where a uh, there our, our our friend or, or not our friend, but the guy we're looking for, Trias, the Deva. Yeah, so I skipped the hermit, mm-hmm. so I didn't have like a rest. Mm-hmm. And there came a point where I was just like, I'm just going to run through. And there are like, there will be a room and there'll be just 20 guards. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Trias is like in his own little like cave zone. Mm-hmm. And you can talk to him and there's like, what, five guards on the way to him or something? Not that many. Yeah. I'd say five to seven. So I, I also did that. I ran past them. I talked to Trias. Trias says, oh, listen, thanks so much for coming here. <laughs> you can see my wings have been burned off. I am a uh, I'm I'm an angel. That's weird for me. Also, uh, I have I have these chains on me, and these chains like make me forget stuff. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, I came here to the city of Karst because I thought maybe that betrayers, like those, were people I could basically proselytize to to get them to kind of change their ways. Because mm-hmm. really, your betrayer is just one action away from you know, you've done a thing that is bad. Yeah, because uh, also I tried a preaching to people that were very loyal, but that's kind of preaching to the crowd. You're not mm-hmm. converting anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, shockingly, they betrayed him <laughs> and <laughs> imprisoned him deep below the ground. And so he says, listen, uh, if you go get my sword that is called not Celestial Fury, but Celestial Fire, different, mm. um, if you go get that, then you can strike off these chains that are on me, which will give me back my memory and I will be able to help you find your mortality or yeah. Yeah. Basically your mortality. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, What Ravel was talking about. So hop to it, buddy. And that sword is inside of the jail and the jail has, it's kind of like an onion. You know, there's three layers. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a locked door in between each layer. So you have to kill guards to find (laughs) <laughs> to, to find the key yes because and, the yes. key is not just on in a chest somewhere the key is like on a particular guard that is the most out of the way guard yeah and, and there's 20 it, I, there's oh my god there's probably between that angel if you didn't kill the things on the way and the uh and the key easily 30 yeah 
Oh, there's maybe more than that. So let me tell but you. Here's a, but yeah, so I just want to give you the background mm-hmm. of like, I have ran all the way here. It is only the, the only person alive now is the nameless one. Mm-hmm. I quick save after I got down to the angel because I got enough distance between me and some of the other harmonium guards or whatever. So I am quick saved. I'm like saved in the angel like thing. And that's that's kind of where I am. What were you about to say? Well, so I just I did the same thing you were doing. I was like, I'm not fighting all these harmonium guards. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to run to the center of the thing. And so I ended up pulling all of the guards, like between 30 and 40 of them for sure, mm-hmm. into the same tiny room. So much so that I couldn't run anymore. Yeah, they would. They they formed. A, they blockaded you. Yeah. Yeah, and so I had to then begin pulling them one and two at a time, back, so I could kill them. And it took probably half an hour to just kill these guards one or two at a time, and then go back to the hermit and rest. God, I I feel so foolish because it was like I was so committed to like I hate fighting in this game. So I would like get to a get to a room and be and be like. Oh, there's a blockade. I'm going to like slowly kite them out of the room and then like run back in and kite more. So they were constantly like surrounding me and, and, and whatnot. And then I'm like trying to find the key and I can't find the key. And then I go to nowhere else but sorcerer.net, sorcerer.net, my one and only guide to uh, Planescape Torment and find, mm-hmm. oh, the key is on the one most out of the way. And there's just yeah. no. And then I and once enable all mixed together. How would you know which one is that guy? So I enable console commands and I just control Y the shit out of everything in this in this room. And I am going to use that for the rest of this game because I get nothing out of fighting in this game. Yeah, there is uh, doing the combat in this game is a punishment. <laughs> it is 100%. Which I'm well, fine with it being a punishment if it's like, oh, you you were a jerk and you instigated violence and now you have to deal with combat. And it's like, if that's the uh, if that's what the game, if the signal is like intentional and the game's doing that on an intentional level, I think I might be okay with having to suffer through occasional combat. But you yeah. just had to, like, there wasn't a nonviolent way to do this that I was aware of. No, no, as far as I got, and I, I tried to sneak a little bit. And even then, I couldn't make it happen. Well, yeah, because so. that's the problem of. Uh, well, I guess if you could sneak and then pick bef- before you aggro, because once you yeah. aggro and you sneak, it's too late. No, you can actually break line of sight and then sneak, and then it breaks aggro. No, but that's the thing. I went there and I died, and I respawned, and I used my raised dead on my rogue. Mm-hmm. Had her hide. Had her walk all the way there. Had her try to pickpocket. And it said, "Oh, you can't, you can't pickpocket a hostile creature." Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I thought you were saying like you couldn't be uh, stealthed. Yeah, no, you can stealth, but yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, we both. So I got it. I'll, I'll include some great footage of that. That's if you're <laughs> listening to just the podcast version, you're really going to miss that terrible thing. But I also got finally to the very center there. There's a guy named Cassius there, and he says, "Oh ho ho." You see the sword there on this pedestal, the sword for the angel. Uh, actually, I've, I've absorbed the sword into my body. I, I have all its power. Ah, He says, uh, all right, well, you can, you can try to best me in one of three ways, strength, speed, or wit. Which wit. Is 
bonkers. Yeah, I said wit. Every my, time. Yeah, and my intelligence is high enough that... So he's, he's also asking, like, uh, grade school riddles. Riddles that I have answered twice before in this franchise. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, in, in games published and made by the same company, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, so yes, you know, man, uh, hunger, real, yeah. man, hunger, and what's the third? What's the answer to the time, third one? Maybe. Time, yeah, it's probably yep. murder. No, it's it's time, man, hunger, time. Um, in any case, <laughs> so I do that. He dissolves or something. He gives me the thing. I run all the way back to Trias after you know stepping over the four hundred corpses of Harmonium soldiers. I'm sure that's definitely not going to come back and bite me in the ass in any way. Mm. Um. Oh, and but when you when you do that, you free the prisoners. You do free the prisoners, and they start fighting. I just ran away. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I had no desire to fight imprison people. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's their their be free. Um, but anyway, so I give it to Trias, uh, and he says that we could choose between wealth, knowledge, or power as like a reward. And I chose knowledge. So did I. Yep. And he says that there's a fiend. Named Fuel Fork Tongue, and who who can help us find our mortality, and that he is like under an obligation to do charity. So he will help us. He will help us, and this and it's around this time that I realize that this Deva's voice acting mm-hmm. is definitely John Delancey because like I meet like it wasn't even this like the second that Deva opened its mouth the first time I was like that's John Delancey. That's John Delancey's voice. John Delancey, very fa- like I think most famous role probably is Q on Star Trek: The Next Generation and the the series after that. He makes so we had this conversation. On. We mm-hmm. had this conversation before it began. I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, John Delancey is a uh, is just a feature in kind of nerd comic conferences those kind of things is he like he's the kind of he's the kind of person that you if you'd like he's going to be a guest at dragon con right he's like on that circuit is he like bruce campbell i think to a lot of people he is he's just a very iconic person and i think he's just like uh, i don't know what his personality is outside of like on the on the show he's very mean because he's like a extra planar godlike creature that that kind of fucks with the enterprise right is he like uh wolverine in that he can live forever in the show yes but in like are you talking about the real in real life or in the show yeah in real life is in he real like life does he live forever <laughs> yeah and is he does he have an adamantium skeleton does he have a beard does he have he does have a goatee like hair pointy hair sometimes is he australian he is not okay i don't think wolverine's australian I think that's Hugh Jackman. No. Wolverine's Australia. Anyway, uh, please comment on this video if you think John Delancey's voice is very recognizable and that Kunzelman is a Philistine for not recognizing it. I might put a clip in there or I might not. We'll see. Uh, I So, yeah, I just want to reiterate my disappointment in this, <laughs> this chapter, this quest line. I hope this game comes back around. And I will say, and this could just have been, maybe I didn't explore enough or anything like that, but this is one of the few episodes where we have not had a long-form discussion about, like, something the Nameless One did in a previous life. Yeah, 
maybe we didn't explore enough. There was a character. There is a character in the prison that you, an NPC that you can recruit. Oh, like an empty suit of armor. So oh, cool. if you, I think you are a little short on your party. So if you want to add somebody to your party, maybe you should do that. Mm-hmm. I could go back and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but there's no, you know, didn't learn anything about like Dianara. Didn't learn anything about other stuff. The nameless one did. This is the first time in this, in this uh, game where we found out that we weren't responsible. Like I, I, I was fully going into this being like, Oh my gosh, we, what if we were responsible for the Davis imprisonment? Yeah. That would not yeah. be, I would not put it past the game. We were the blacksmith's dad, you know, like we, we were the, the, the person that helped recruit the fiend. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of thing that this game is set up so far. And there's just none of that. And that's kind of a bummer. Like, this could go in any video. This could go in any of these isometric games. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole city. You could plop this out and put it in Baldur's Gate 2. You could, like, put it and throw in a ball. And it would just be like, yeah, sure, there's a desert town full of betrayers, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Nah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, no, I, the, the game's still got time to, to turn around. But this, this was... More than last episode, this was a uh, a disappointment for me. But I will say this. Uh, the floor of this game got a whole lot higher with Control-Y now at my fingertips. <laughs> I'm sure. I have not, I've not uh, delved into that yet. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Uh, Twitter.com slash RangeTouch. RangeTouch.com. YouTube.com slash RangeTouch. Um... All those different things you can find us through the Range Touch Twitter account. Those are all the different ways that you can uh, experience additional content and this show and upcoming stuff. Uh, if you want to support the show on Patreon, you can do that. Uh, the link is down in the description below. If you want to come hang out on our Discord and see what is up with, uh, I don't know, the hellscape and all the different things we talk about, there's a link for that as well down in the description below. Have a have a have a wonderful time, y'all. This was uh, this was really fun, and I hope you join us next time on on the second half of of the road to one hundred. <laughs> Episode fifty one is the second half to the road to one hundred. In that, how it works? Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. Well, uh, next episode's going to be episode 51. We'll be doing the next part. I actually don't think there's that many more episodes of Planescape Torment. Oh, we're going to have to start thinking about what comes after this. Oh, well, we already know that. It's going to be Torment. There you go. Okay. Tides of Numenera. We've already well, decided that. So. Well, there's calories I don't have to spend. All right, ciao. Bye.